Hey there, welcome to the Cheerful by Choice podcast. This is where people trying or hoping to be happier come for quick, simple steps we can take to get us there with fun, inspirational stories, reminding us it's okay to be human. It's okay to feel our feelings. And there's always someone out there cheering you on. <laughs> That's me. I'm Lydia Taggart, neuro-linguistic programming practitioner, best-selling author, mom of six, including quadruplets, and daughter of God on a mission to increase happiness and hope in the world. I'm so glad you're here. If you like this show, share and subscribe. Let's get to it. Hello, fellow happy teenagers. Hello. Wait, you guys are happy and you're teenagers? How does that happen? Well, we use the frame formula to have great relationships. The frame formula? What's that? Well, you can learn about it in the book my mom wrote. Yeah. yeah. It's called the frame formula, your parenting source to communicate like it's your superpower. Go to www.theframeformula.com. www.theframeformula.com. All right, I'm going there now. I need a superpower. Thanks. Hello, and welcome into another episode of Cheerful by Choice. So today, it's been brought to my attention that one of the most important parts of being able to choose happiness is communication. Now, this has always been a passion of mine since my son, my oldest son, was diagnosed with autism, and he was nonverbal for a little while. Now, I say for a little while because... Now he's the one out there being asked to go speak at different churches and share his experience as a missionary where he actually trained people how to use heavy equipment and bottle and can things for for welfare system. And he has come so far from where he would just he was nonverbal. It's as simple as that. <laughs> and it's because of the frame formula. But I've noticed, it's been brought to my attention that there's so much anxiety in the world today that we're afraid of having conversations. So many people, we're afraid of having a conversation with a coworker, a spouse, a friend. People are afraid of even asking someone to be their friend, family members, it just goes on and on. There's this huge anxiety and really it's about communicating with ourselves we're a little bit scared to face the truth and grow and learn and ask for help if we need to. So I'm really, really excited that you're here today because we are going to get some help. How can we, how can we resolve this? What can we do about it, right? So, notes here, I don't want to skip anything. The frame formula is a hierarchy of needs for communicating. Basically, you can't easily move on to the next level. The ultimate level that everybody wants to get to is where everybody wins, where we feel loved and accepted, appreciated, seen, valued, and everybody has an opinion. They don't have to be equal and the same opinion, but because we have this respect and understanding and caring and love and connection and meaningful relationship, we can still have those communication, those conversations, where we express those opposing opinions and still feel like everyone wins because everyone can, can feel loved and appreciated and so on and so forth. So it begins with freedom to speak. When we have all this anxiety, we don't feel like we can really say anything. I mean, we, we just 
get all like, oh no, I can't say it right. I'm going to be judged. I'm going to be embarrassed. All sorts of reasons that we give for this anxiety. And it feeds the anxiety when we try to think about having a conversation that we might not really want to. And it's all over the place. So a couple of examples of different things we could do. Really, the, the way that I got my son to become verbal and speak and break out of that shell was, you know, I paid attention to who he is as a person. What does he really, really need? And as we step our way down, I wanted this goal up here. I've talked about it before. I'll talk about it again. I wanted him to belong, to have friends, to fit in and to talk to people, but he didn't feel safe. He didn't, he had these other pieces that were missing and the foundation was feeling safe in order to be free to speak. And for him, it was to create safety by, and he was like four years old, right? So it was to make a schedule of the meal plan. He posted it on, on the fridge. And then he's like, okay, I am going to eat something. I know what's going on. And he had this little foresight, which is also part of an autism type thing where they, they appreciate structure and they appreciate um, knowing things ahead of time being able to plan on something. And so that was really helpful for him to feel safe enough to decide he could speak. Now it's not gonna work for, there's different levels of autism and he's very high functioning and um, it could help, but it might not make everyone verbal when they're nonverbal and autistic, right? So understanding that. Um, but this principle of being able to feel free and safe enough to speak, to not have the anxiety and eliminate all this stress. There's two people in every conversation, right? You can't have a conversation if you're trying to talk to someone and they're not receptive. If they've got their earbuds on, they're looking at their phone, they're not giving you enough attention to really have a real conversation, right? So in these cases, common with teenagers and younger people, I, I see that sometimes this is used as an excuse or a way to avoid having conversations because of the anxiety. They just, it's too much, they can't handle it. And we haven't had any training in the schools on how to manage emotions. So it's, it's really critical to be able to create the safety. But how do you do that for someone who is, in like how you can't make somebody else happy. You can't make somebody else talk to you. You can't make, I mean, you talk to them and hope that they respond, right? And then on the other side, we might have some anxiety of approaching them because they're fragile and they don't know how to manage their emotions and what's gonna happen? Oh no, they're gonna blow up, blah, blah, blah. And so a um, couple of things and there's different degrees. If they, aren't able to have a, com a conversation with you as a person speaking to another person, there are other ways to communicate. It doesn't have to be, look at my eyes. It doesn't have to be, um, and this was really, really important for my son at the beginning too, because not everybody feels comfortable looking at you in the eye. Sorry, it's, it's scary. It's really scary to look at somebody in the eye sometimes. 
And it doesn't mean that you are scary. It means that they are scared, right? They're scared of what might come up. You know, looking in eyes. The first time I met my eyes with my husband's eyes, love at first sight, right? No, not, I mean, yeah, but it was scary. I left, it was on our first date and I got up and left the table. We were at dinner and I just went off to cry and I left my husband sitting there going, uh, what just happened? And what happened was I met his eyes. I saw his soul touch my soul and it was scary because that vulnerability, right? Is we, we don't want to open up because what if we get hurt? What if, and the what if creates more fear. And when we're avoiding conversations and we're thinking, oh, what if it turns into a confrontation? What if something comes up that I'm embarrassed about? There's a whole bunch of what ifs. So we don't actually have to have a face-to-face, look in my eyes kind of conversation. There's email, there's texting, there's voicemail. You can message somebody. There's so many different ways. You could do a video and send a video to the person that you you want to communicate with. Now, knowing that this is like their process, that they might be afraid, you can address that and say, hey, what's going on? And ultimately, it's a blessing if they come up and say, honestly, I'm trying to avoid having this conversation with you. Okay, great. They have too much anxiety. They have too much whatever going on. But that does not mean you don't have the conversation. You find another way because if you let that fester, it just resentment and frustration, fester, frustration, right? Kind of the same, gets gross, gets moldy, gets fermented and gross. And we just don't want any of that inside of us. You need to express your feelings and your thoughts. You have valuable ideas. You are worth having that conversation. And they're worth agreeing that they have some anxiety or whatever's keeping them from having that conversation. So you can find another way. Find another way. Don't give up on yourself. And I just want to touch real quick about the eyes too. When Some people are different learning styles, right? Some people are visual learners and they want to look at you and they want to see what's going on and they want to connect more. Other people might be an auditory learner. So some people will turn their head so that their ear is closer and they're paying more attention when they're not looking at you. Oh my goodness, that was so mind-blowing to me when I figured that out. I learned that. I was like, what? Sometimes we have to turn away so we can pay attention better if we are an auditory learner. The visuals is too much. And, you know, it can affect our ability to pay attention when we see all the stuff going on. So closing our eyes does not necessarily mean that they're tuning out, but it might be. So you want to ask, hey, you still with me? Just ask them in a kind way without blame. And this is the, okay, two parts today for what we're going to work on in this week to to be able to choose happy. Blame doesn't need to be there at all. No blame. If we're having this conversation, they won't have it back with us. It's one-sided. 
understand that there's a reason why. There's always a reason, not necessarily excuses, but there's, there's a reason. And it's not your fault and it's not their fault. It just is. Okay, it just is. And you can find other ways to have the conversation, at least on your part, get it out there, express what you need to, ask for them to let you know, just thumbs up in the text or something, just okay. Some sort of acknowledgement that they got the message. And it doesn't have to be a big deal. So uh, last week, I, I have someone that I care deeply for who is suffering from severe anxiety. And I didn't realize it was the, as extreme as it is. And even responding to a text caused so much anxiety that she just couldn't do it. And um, I me messaged her son and said, hey, check on your mom, make sure she's getting the messages because I'm coming to take her to lunch and she should know that. And then she messaged him to say, tell her, meaning me, tell me, that today doesn't work. And um, I found out through conversation with her that it was just too stressful to even respond to a message. And we've, we've made an agreement that I know she's getting the message and she doesn't have to respond. If I'm gonna go over and visit her, give her a couple of days notice so she can plan on it. And she wants to be visited. She wants to have this interaction. And that's another thing, people who are struggling so much, my son, all of the people, everybody wants relationships that are good. Everybody wants to be with a good, safe, happy relationship. Nobody really wants to be alone. That's a, that's a safety measure. If they're saying they want to be left alone, that's a protection measure. You know, we need a minute or two alone to recharge batteries or if we're an introvert or things, but everybody needs other people. We just need it. And so we've made this agreement and understanding that I'll invite her somewhere and she does not have to respond. I'll just know that she's getting the message unless her son tells me something otherwise. And I'll just show up. And, and visit her with a little bit of notice. There's always a good thing. And we can do things. You can be creative about how you communicate with other people. Get that love out there. Share that love. Don't let it be stuck inside. Don't just keep worrying about those people because they're not responding to you. Go find out why they're not responding and see what you can do to create a greater sense of safety so that you're freedom to speak on both parts, both parts, because you need two people to have a conversation. And we can reduce the anxiety by understanding a little bit more, being a little bit more patient and eliminate the blame. All right. I didn't check what time I started, but I think we're pretty close to out of time. Bottom line is both parties have to be willing to have this conversation, any conversation. Both parties need to feel like it's worth their investment and that stress level and that vulnerability minute to have a conversation. And we can negotiate how to get to that point, but you need to take care of yourself. And if you have a conversation sitting inside you, don't let it fester.
find a way. And if it's going to be a dangerous conversation, write it down and burn it. Put it in your voicemail and delete it. Do something to get it out, but don't vomit it on other people if it's going to hurt them. But if they need to know, try to take a step back, take the emotions out of it a little bit and say, hey, I need you to know you can't leave your socks in the kitchen on the on the dining table anymore. You can't leave your dirty socks where I'm going to be cooking dinner or whatever it is, right? It, some things have to be said and you could just say them. You don't, you don't need to throw in all of the, you're hurting my feelings, you're ignoring me, blah, blah, blah. You just say, hey, I need you to move your socks. Oh, okay, right? If they don't know, then they can't do anything about it. And that's what I'm going to leave you with. You are worth it. They are worth it. Create a little bit of freedom to speak for yourself and for the other people with understanding and love. Get rid of that blame. Nobody is blaming you. And it's just a hurt reaction. It's a protective reaction. And we can build some better relationships out there and help us to be better at choosing happiness. All right. You're awesome. I'm so glad you're here. Talk to you later. That's a wrap for today. Thanks for being part of the Cheerful by Choice movement. Remember, you are more amazing than you can imagine. Sign up for our newsletter at cheerfulbychoice.com and let us know what you're thinking in the comments or send us a message. See you next time.